Hello, everyone. Hello. Welcome to Kawaii Cast. Welcome. My name's Candace. I'm Tyler. And yeah, let's go ahead and just get right into our anime news. Anime news. Uh, I don't have much. What do you got? Uh, not much either, but I know Fire Force has been confirmed for season three. Uh, and an original video game. Yeah. Which is pretty neat, so if you like Fire Force, there's there's that. Yeah, and supposedly because of the end of the manga, it ties back into the Soul Eater universe, and a lot of people are saying if they're going to make it accurate, they might want to remake the Soul Eater anime, so maybe you'll have that to look forward to. That'd be cool. Yeah. Um, in other news, uh, Shikimori is not just a cutie, is getting delayed due to COVID-19. I talked about this a couple weeks ago, where the studio shut down because there were, was an infection. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess they did recently announce that they are delaying an episode, so. It makes sense. Yeah. So, uh, was that... All we got. That's all I got. Well, speaking of uh, Shikimori's Not Just a Cutie, that's the subject of this week. Wait, wait, wait. Here's one that you might like. Oh. Uh, 2016's Token Ronbu Kyoden Moyuro Honoji stage play gets an anime penned by the play's director and playwright Kenichi Suomitsu. I did hear about that, and I have mixed feelings with what I'm really excited about it. But two, it reminds me of the fact that it has now been over six months since uh, Ufa Table has teased us about the Katsugeki movie. God damn it, Ufa Table. <laughs> and I'm, I'm starting to feel like it's never happening. But at least we're getting some anime from Token Ramen coming out. Yeah, something. <laughs> yeah. I am really excited, though. It's really, really cool to see these stage plays get official anime adaptations. Yeah. Because genuinely, I love the stories from the stage plays. I do think they're some of the best stories that have come from Token Rambu so far. So, yeah. I'm really hyped about that. Yep. Pretty neat. But yeah, so let's go ahead and get into today's episode. As I was about to say, it is revolving around Shikimori's Not Just a Cutie. <gasps> oh my. I know. Which is a good time to talk about it if it's getting delayed, because it, what better time to talk about it while it's still airing as opposed to like having to wait several <laughs> weeks to talk about it. Yeah. Plus, I don't know, something about this anime... Has been a bit strange, in my opinion. So, normally, whenever I see, like, major companies really trying to, like, boost or promote anime, usually the comment sections of, like, these videos or posts are usually things like, oh, MG, I'm really enjoying this one, or oh my gosh, I really like this. And then you go to, like, more, like, anime fan pages and everybody's like, ugh, this anime is mid. I don't like this one. It's it's super boring. Shikimori's almost the exact opposite. Where whenever I see casual fans talking about it, they're just like, I don't know, I just can't get into this. And then I see, like, actual anime pages talking about it and they're just like, this anime is super great and it's amazing and I don't know why more people aren't talking about it. 
And I was genuinely curious why this series is receiving so much mixed commentary. It just seems a bit unusual. Like, normally people just want to call anything popular mid, but I feel like this one is kind of the opposite. I feel like it's not even popular. Like, it's not, yeah. it's not the popular anime of the season. Yeah. You know, for people to be like... <sighs> I'm gonna be, uh, above your taste and say this show is mid. Yeah. You know, like, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's common to see really, really popular anime just kind of get snubbed by people that think that they're just above hype. But I think it's really unusual to see an anime that really isn't doing anything, like, super spectacular or amazing. You know, kind of. It's, it's funny that you mention that, because, like, leading up into a lot of these shows that, um, that get their popularity, mm-hmm. you know, all of these, all of these people, you know, build up that hype, you know, like... Spy X Family, you know, you know, this was hyped up, you know, and and now that it's coming out, I don't really follow trends of fandoms very often, but mm-hmm. kind of the same thing. I'm sure people would be like, "Oh, it's so mid," you know. I'm sure uh, Chainsaw Man is going to be the same way. It's mm-hmm. getting hyped to hell, and then when it comes out, there's going to be a certain you know, section of the fans that are like, oh, no, it's it's overhyped. It's not as good as everyone thinks. Yeah. You know? Like, you see that a lot. Like, the probably the biggest one last season was Attack on Titan. Yeah. Like, you'd always see comments from people saying, like, ugh, the series is just okay. Like, all you guys are overselling it. It's not that deep. Worst season Ever. Right. I will only watch it seven more times. Yeah. Today. But I feel like Shikimori's Not Just a Cutie is genuinely just kind of a fun turn your mind off kind of slice of life. And then fan reactions are almost kind of the opposite where people are just kind of like, ah, well, you just don't get why this anime is so good. And... I think I kind of wanted to dive a little bit into why this anime is having such an opposite response from people, if that makes sense. Yeah. So let's kind of get into it. And I think a lot of why people have such divided opinions about this series is I almost feel like it was mismarketed to people. So when I remember when the first episode came out, a lot of people were under this impression that the, this was going to be the anime that filled in that hole in your heart that was left by my dress up darling. Mm-hmm. That was the impression people were having. Like she's like cute pink haired anime girl. She's clearly like best girl material. Super cute, like very dating kind of slice of life shenanigans and there's gonna be like all these awkward situations and blah 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 this is absolutely going to replace my dress up darling but the thing was my dress up darling kind of falls into this weird almost sub-genre 
of Slice of Life that's what I refer to as a harem, but not a harem. And I think that other anime that fell into this category were things like Bunny Girl Senpai and Rent-A-Girlfriend to a certain extent as well. And the thing that all of these anime have in common is that we know who the established best girl is of these shows. Even though the main male protagonist has multiple girls that are interested in him and it feels like it go into or it can go into a harem route, we know which girl he wants to end up with in the end in all three cases. I think Bunny Girl Senpai probably was my favorite of the three because the harem stuff was actually pretty story heavy. And you knew that he had no interest in cheating on my, with maybe the exception of the movie. But that even kind of drew me in more to the movie because it left this really intense what-if scenario. And then I think things like Rent-A-Girlfriend was probably my least interesting one of the ones because I really don't think the protagonist deserved any of those girls. Especially not Best Girl. And then My Dress Up Darling just kind of feels like a really cute romantic comedy between two characters that I think genuinely have good chemistry together. And I think all of the side girls of that series are just kind of not important. Mm-hmm. But again, the thing that makes all of these shows really kind of fit into the same subgenre is that it is really about two characters who we know are going to end up together and every single girl added to it kind of enhances the fact that we've established that best girl is definitely best girl. All the other girls are A's and best girl is an S rank, basically. But with Shikamori's Not Just a Cutie, we don't have a series of side girls here. We just have the best girl. There's no what-if scenario here. There's no, oh, all of these other girls are interested in Izumi, but he's loyal to Shikimori. It's just, these two are already dating. They're already a couple. And so we aren't getting the harem, not a harem genre from this. So so what you're saying is uh, the... The type of people that are complaining are the incels that want everyone to be attracted to them. <laughs> no, I kid, of course. But like, um, you you do mention that you know there's there's is that and that is very common in in the the harem anime where there are a lot of you know love interests. Yeah. Well, and I don't even think, like, the three examples I gave are really, truly harem anime. Because, aside from possibly Rent-A-Girlfriend, none of the other male protagonists really seem interested in being part of a harem. Again, they really are interested in the one girl. Well, it's kind of how harem animes have always been, though. Is, is even from, you know, the early 2000s, is, you know, most harem animes either the the protagonist is somehow lucky enough to have all these women fall for them and they just aren't interested mm-hmm. or they like like they're not interested in a harem per se but they're more conflicted as to which 
girl. Well, and that's what I mean. Like, most harem anime, it's like, okay, which one are they going to choose? And it's the same thing with, like, reverse harem. Like, Fruits Basket being the biggest example, for the longest time, the biggest debate was Team Kyo or Team Yuki. And for uh, the long Clearly, it's Team uh, Shigure. No, nobody was ever <laughs> Team Shigure. But... Again, like, a lot of that was, like, for the longest time, people genuinely had debates about this. Like, which character is she going to end up with? And that's typically how harems end up. Like, look at the quintessential quintuplets. Everybody has their favorite. And the series remains very, very, like... Hashtag Miku is best girl. (laughs) Yeah, the series remains very, very, like, ambiguous as to which girl he's going to end up with. Constantly teasing the audience with imagery that doesn't really make it clear to which girl he ends up with at the end and a lot of it just kind of comes down to well which one's your favorite that's probably who's gonna get it but like my dress up darling there's no denying that gojo's gonna end up with kitagawa like there's no denying that there's no question about it even though the other two girls introduced in the show seem to have some kind of levels of feelings for gojo There's never denying that he has eyes for only one girl. Same thing with, you know, Bunny Girl Senpai. There's never a moment, again, with the exception of the movie, that he's only interested in Mai. It's very well established very early, and he constantly teases the idea of these other girls being interested in him, and it does seem like these girls do have feelings for him, but he's not going to leave Mai. With, again, maybe the exception of the movie. (laughs) (laughs) Asterisk. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah, the Dreaming Girl movie was definitely a bit of a kink in the chain. But for the most part, we knew who the established couple were. And like I said, even with Rent-A-Girlfriend, there's moments where you're just kind of like, well, maybe he's going to choose somebody else. But we all know which girl he's pining for in the show. We all know who the writer wants him to end up with by the end of this. Even though he's a cuck who doesn't deserve her. 100%. Uh, but, I, I, I don't see how anyone likes this kid, to be honest. He's kind of a... But most harem anime really sell on the point of who do you think he's gonna be with? <laughs> like, do you, will he pick the tsundere? Will he pick the girl next door? Will he pick the childhood friend? It's kind of, it's almost like a pick your own path. Well, well, kind <laughs> of, but like there's there's always the the obvious answer. Yeah, you know, like um, of course I can't think of any of the names right now. <laughs> you know, because my that's just the way my mind works under pressure. Mm-hmm. But, like, there's always that one uh, girl that is led to believe that is, like, this is the one that the protagonist is going to end up with. Yeah. My point of bringing all this up, though, is that I really feel like Shikamori was very much promoted to be part of this kind of, like, not really a harem, but kind of like a soft rom-com protagonist doesn't know how to be with a girl kind of comedy series. And they kind of skipped all of that drama and bullshit by being like, these two are already a couple. Not only are these two already a couple, they are a couple that are extremely dependent on each other. They don't have the 
will they won't they moments in this show because these two are already dating they already did the difficult thing he asked <gasps> her out you mean they've held hands <laughs> yes but yeah they he already asked her out we even get a flashback in the latest episode of him panicking a year prior to that about him wanting to ask her out and her being upset because she wanted him to ask her out. We skip all of that. This is a year later where the two of them are already really comfortable being together. And right now, the biggest conflict is them just trying to be a healthy relationship. There's no side girl that's interested in Izumi that Shikimori has to be worried about. There's no will they, won't they, because maybe he's actually interested in this other girl drama. Okay, but now hear me out. I saw that volleyball episode. <laughs> There's clearly side girls that are interested in Shikimori. And that's actually a point that I was going to come to. Is that I feel like a lot of people were expecting a lot of the same tropes that we've been getting from these rom-coms in the last couple of years that have just been really popular. But this series isn't selling us that. They're selling us a completely different line of tropes here. And I would argue that those tropes all come from boy love. Because this series isn't replacing My Dress Up Darling for me. It's replacing Sasaki and Miyano. Gay. <laughs> I know. And a lot of this has to do with the fact that Shikimori, like, even though it's really established that she is obviously a very cute girl, a lot of her personality feels a lot more like your typical pretty boy in a series. She definitely feels like Sasaki in this situation. The really cool older boy who's just a little bit awkward and sometimes adorable as well. Who has a very soft side, especially for a particular adorable boy. But for most people, they just see this kind of badass cool person. And I love that she's filling in this role as a character because... The one thing that I dislike about Boy Love in particular is the fact that it is extremely limited to male characters, <laughs> if that makes any sense. Because I love a lot of the tropes in Boy Love, but I do start to worry that a lot of it kind of fetishizes gay couples. And it also kind of feels hard to justify being a fan of Boy Love because a lot of people think that everybody who loves Boy Love just really loves gay men, and that's not true. I just really like a lot of the tropes and characterizations of boy love. And well, it's that, really that, interesting to see that in a hetero format. That, that And there's the stereotype of, um, like, girls who are into boy love are all, like, um, the girl from... Kiss him, not me. I love Kiss Him Not Me. Like like it's a good show, yeah. but like you know, that that is very very stereotype of girls who are into boy love is they yeah. act very much like her. Yeah. And a lot of us do, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> but I've always disliked a lot of the history and origins of boy love that 
it really was written for women and not really taking real relationships or real ideas to mind. And again, rewriting that type of format, but for a hetero couple, I think kind of puts a new twist on it and kind of just highlights a lot of the things that make boy love fun. And again, a lot of that just kind of comes down to questions like, who's wearing the pants in this relationship? We really love seeing a really cool character end up with a really cute character, but does that mean the cool character is necessarily the one that's going to be dominating the relationship? Maybe we want the cool character to be the one who's a little bit submissive in this situation. And I love the fact that Shikimori, again, is filling in that role because she's kind of stuck between this position of being the over-assertive, over-protective, really strong you know, partner in this relationship. And her boyfriend is doing his best. <laughs> Look, when you're when you have bad luck as extreme as him, <laughs> that's all you can do. Yeah. Is your best. He's undeniably the kind of character that would normally be the soft boy love interest in any other boy love. And, again, he very much feels like the Miano in this situation. He's adorable. He'd probably look really cute in a dress. He has a soft voice. He's a mama's boy. He's got purple hair. (laughs) You really have a type, don't you? He, (laughs) He needs somebody to protect him at all times. And he's good at cooking. He is, like... The perfect, adorable, small partner in every single boy love series that needs the cool person to just be there with them all the time. And they, so they could dote on them at all times. Just be like, yes, yes, there they are. There's my, there's my cool, strong partner. But in this case, it's his girlfriend who wants to be the cute girl in this relationship. She doesn't want to wear the pants here. She wants to wear the skirt. So, so the biggest trope in this show is, you know, from Boy Love is two subs together. Yeah. (laughs) Makes sense. Yeah. And it works so well because the thing is both of them are trying to fill the shoes of the stereotype role that they're supposed to have in a hetero relationship. But neither of them are very good at it. And both of them excel at being the opposite role. And it just works. Like, Shigimori just really wants to be the cute girl who depends on her boyfriend. Her boyfriend's not very dependable. (laughs) She wants to be really good at cooking, so she takes cooking classes to find out Izumi's a naturally good cook. And it's the one thing he isn't unlucky Like, you'd think that, like, leaving him around sharp objects and fire would be a bad thing. (laughs) Sharp objects, fire, heavy pans. Yeah. She doesn't like sweets, and he loves sugar. He eats way too much of it, actually. (laughs) She's really awkward when it comes to shopping and buying clothes, and he seems to have a pretty natural eye for it. And she gets insanely jealous whenever anybody notices her boyfriend in any situation ever. 
or anytime he notices anybody that's not her, and he's pretty aloof and carefree. Uh, all right. So, so the main question, though, is Shikimori a steak and potatoes kind of guy or a curry kind of guy? <laughs> I also really love the idea that Shikimori kind of fills in this representation of non-binary people. I think that most people, whether they fall anywhere under the trans umbrella, could relate to this character. Yeah. And it's not me saying that I think this character is trans or non-binary, but I kind of hate the idea that something has to be canon in order for it to feel like good representation. You, you just feel uh, even if they are not, mm-hmm. they, they are relatable. Yeah, exactly, because I also grew up being a tomboy, and around, you know, college, I really wanted to be as feminine and girly as possible. I started wearing skirts and dresses more often. I wanted boys to think I was a cute girl. I wanted other girls to think I was a cute girl. I liked that attention. I started learning more makeup, and I also started learning how to cook a lot more, because I wanted to fill those shoes and those stereotypes. And I wasn't doing it specifically to impress anybody. I was doing it more for myself and to feel more confident in who I was. And now that it's been about another decade, I genuinely feel like I embrace both of those sides of myself. I like being a tomboy. I like people thinking I'm more masculine. But I also like wearing cute dresses and being adorable. I think that you can find a good balance between those things. And Shikimori represents both of those things for me. And I too would dote over a complete adorable boy if he asked me out. (laughs) Because Izumi is absolutely the type of boy that I would like. I think he's sweet. I think he's genuine. I think he's just great. And I love him so much. He's undeniably a type for me. Mm -hmm. And I also relate to him a lot in a weird way too, because I also really like people that are just undeniably cool and badass. I love that he loves when his girlfriend is cute. And I love that he loves when his girlfriend is cool. Like he genuinely loves both sides of her and he wants to see her be her true self and not try to be somebody that's just there to impress him. Yeah. This relationship is healthy as hell, and I love it so much. It's so well established, and I just can't help but think it's really cute. And again, this is just kind of a fun, casual anime to enjoy. Isn't it amazing how healthy a relationship can be when the two partners actually care about each other? Mm Mm-hmm. And, yeah, so I do have a lot of good things to say about this anime. And I do feel like it's a little bit upsetting when I see people just kind of ragging on it because it isn't the typical rom-com scenario we've been getting a lot lately. It's not My Dress Up Darling. It's not Bunny Girl Senpai. It's not Rent-A-Girlfriend. And I felt like it was marketed that way. And people are upset that it didn't turn out to be that. And I kind of just wish people would see it for the value that it does have and not what it left on the cutting room table. Yeah. 
with that, I don't think this series is perfect, and I don't think this series is going to be something that people are going to be remembering or talking about at the end of the year, mostly because of one big issue. And it kind of comes back to what I established at the beginning, that these two were already a couple, and they don't have that drama or that conflict. And the problem that that establishes in the series is that there's no drama at all. There's no real threat. Each episode feels kind of formulaic. We start off with the group of friends talking about something fun that they want to do, and then they all start to question whether or not they can do that fun thing because Izumi has really bad luck, and then they decide to go do the thing anyway. The girls start telling Shikimori that this is her opportunity to impress her boyfriend with her cute abilities. Bad luck ensues, and then Shikimori has to protect Izumi from whatever is plaguing him at the time. Everything all works out, and the group of friends have fun. Yay. It's kind of the formula of every single episode. <laughs> yeah, and I can definitely see how that would grow stale pretty quickly, so... Yeah. And I genuinely think that's kind of my only real issue with this. And it makes me kind of want to check out the manga a little bit, because I wonder if the original premise for this was supposed to feel more like Azamanga Daio, where each setup was supposed to be a really short storyline and not a long-established series. I think everything was supposed to feel a little bit like kind of a rom-com gag series as opposed to an actual story or plot. Yeah. But we might actually be jumping the gun on that conclusion, in my opinion, because if the opening song is hinting at anything, I think that a lot of the drama of this show isn't the relationship that's already established. It's the potential relationships that these characters have had in their past. I think Shikimori's need to feel girly and feminine might stem from something that happened to her when she was in middle school that she's probably hiding from her boyfriend. If I had to take a guess. Okay. And a lot of this does come from the opening song. Like, the whole middle section of that theme just kind of shows a bunch of weird flashbacks of kind of who both the characters were prior to Izumi confessing his feelings to her. And it makes me genuinely interested in that backstory, and it kind of feels like it's a shame we're basically halfway through the season at this point, and we have only barely seen any of it through the volleyball episode. Yeah. So I feel like the girl that was on the opposite team probably has known Shikimori a lot longer than we as the audience know, and that it's probably going to lead into something really big. They they are eternal rivals. I think it's something even bigger than that. <gasps> Drama bomb, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I do kind of hope that this series is teasing us for the first half that this is just cute, fun, turn your brain off and enjoy the cute couple being cute only to suddenly drop us into something a little bit more intense further down the line because I do think that would bring in a lot more fans of this series 
But for now, it really is just kind of harmless slice of life episodic fluff. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. And really, the biggest issue I have with the series is still the way they draw the fucking eyes. They just look dead. (laughs) I hate it so much. I haven't seen this many dead eyes since I visited the fish market in San Francisco. (laughs) Truly. Dead pastel fish eyes. Their outfits are cute, uh, though. Yeah. Yeah. Cute character designs. Dead fish eyes. Yeah. Yeah. So, do I recommend this series to anyone? Um, I would say people that are just kind of looking for fluffy anime that feels harmless. Okay. I think if you're looking for a series that's going to stir up conversation or make you wonder what's going to be happening next. There's better anime this season. Uh if you're if you're looking for your um very classic rom-com anime. Mm-hmm. Go watch a couple of cuckoos. Yeah. <laughs> this season it's it's more of the in line with what we're talking about how it's, you know, yeah, there's there's the other girls, you know, there's the main girl, what will they, won't they, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and I could agree to that. I haven't been watching that series, but from what I have seen of it and from what I've heard people talk about it, it definitely feels more in line with that. If, if you are looking for something to replace that hole that my dress-up darling is left in your heart, yeah, go check out that one. Uh, if you're looking for a fun gag series that doesn't really establish the characters as a couple, but still for some reason is listed as a rom-com, uh, I literally can... Aharan San. Yeah, Aharan San would fit that bill. I've seen a lot of people immediately shoot that one down because they're like, oh, the main guy looks like an adult and the main girl looks like a child. This is child-coding pedophilia crap. I'm like, well... First of all, no, but second of all, they're not even a couple. Like, I don't really feel like these, like, maybe they'll end up a couple in the future, but I really feel like this is more a story about two people becoming friends than yeah. becoming a romantic Be- couple. Becoming friends and overcoming their socially awkwardness. Yeah. And I think it's probably one of the more fun anime this season. And I have seen a lot of people, I think, going into Shikimori thinking it was going to have more of that, like, fun gag moments and then discovering Ahanan-san and being like, I think this fits more with the bill of what I'm looking for and I could agree to that. Yeah. I think I'm having more fun watching Ahanan-san and just more happy, fluffy moments watching Shikimori. It's it's two different kind of feel-goods. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think uh, Ahanan-san kind of... Fills more of the bowl, uh, hole of my heart that was left behind by things like Azumanga Daio or uh, Yuru Camp in particular. Yeah. And it's just fun. It's Then there's like a million JoJo poses. And I don't feel like I can really stress that enough. If you are a JoJo fan, you are going to have a really good time watching a hot song. <laughs> <laughs> because she is clearly a JoJo fan. Yeah. So, fucking nerd. The fucking nerd. 
And I don't know if we'll get to talk about that anime at any point this season aside from our seasonal wrap-up. So I kind of wanted to throw it in as like a little bonus section of this episode because mm-hmm. I genuinely am loving it. I can never remember the full name of the anime because <laughs> it's... I, I I can't either. It's I kind think of it's... a ridiculous title. <laughs> I think it's something like Aharen san is difficult to understand. It's something like that, yeah. Let's see. Aharen san wa hakaranai. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also okay, so I work retail. I have noticed a very weird trend since that anime came out. Immediately after the episode with the fidget spinner, suddenly people started buying fidget spinners again. <laughs> And I refuse to believe that's a coincidence. Uh, I want to say it's probably confirmation bias. Mm-hmm. You know, or um, not confirmation. It's, it's um, there's a psychological term for it where, where you see something and then all of a sudden you start noticing it everywhere. Yeah, but and I I've... swear to God, I have not seen a single person buy a fidget spinner since before 2020. And I've seen, like, eight people buy it recently. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you're right. Everybody's a fucking weeb, and they just want to play with fidget spinners because they saw a cute anime girl playing with fidget spinners. It's true. <laughs> I kind of want to play with a fidget spinner. <laughs> but yeah, I I think we have a lot of good, just feel-good animes. And I just really wanted to defend Shikimori-san. Even if you guys disagree with the fact that it has a lot of boy love tropes in it. Because I think a lot of people who are enjoying this, who don't like boy love, are probably immediately going to argue with me about this. <laughs> yeah. Which is fine. It's just a weird trend that I noticed. And I have noticed a lot of people that I do know who really like boy love suddenly really like this anime. And not able to quite put their finger on why. So... Maybe I'm just recognizing patterns. And maybe I'm completely off base. But that's my own. But maybe you hit the nail on the head. I might have. Yeah. Because <laughs> it does seem like it's men who are really disliking the show. So, I don't know. I just like my tropes. Well, I think we all do. Just, just let me enjoy my fluff. Yeah. I don't have a good boy love this season. I'm in Omiyoji hell. Right now, you guys. <laughs> so, so the lack of boy love anime has driven you to boy love gotcha game hell. It has uh, driven me to the arms of Ashura and Taishikaten once again. <laughs> Ashura and Taishikaten are true love. They're married. Even if the game developers say they're just really good friends. <laughs> you two are good friends? I always hoped you and I could be good friends. <laughs> And they were roommates. And with that, we're going to go ahead and wrap up this one. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye. Bye.